0: Honey, you got real ugly.
1: Hey, it's Ryan from the Moon is Dead world. Uh, we're back with another episode of the Blood and Black Rum podcast. This time uh, we are taking on something different, something that we uh, have really strayed from uh, prior to this. Uh, you know, we've done black exploitation, we've done Spaghetti Westerns, we've even done some uh, kind of crappier B-movie horror, but since we're so close to Halloween, today we wanted to take on something that has a little bit more of a a cult following to it, and since uh, Scream Factory, those wonderful people, are releasing a a collector's edition, a three-disc version of Army of Darkness, and I happen to have a copy of it, we thought we'd take on the director's cut of that film today. Um, So... It's a kind of a perfect time to take it on. I, I really like watching it uh, just before Halloween because it does have just some fun little things that you, you it's difficult to to uh, take it seriously, and obviously that's the point of the whole thing. Um, so I yeah. thought that we, we, th- we thought we could take that on today and uh, you know and- do our best. And it fits with uh, Showtime coming out with Ash versus Evil Dead. Yep, which is coming out very soon, and I look forward October thirty first. Look forward to that because you know Bruce Campbell's great. So um, we we it's the perfect time. Yeah, is is what we're what we're trying to say here. The perfect time. Um, if and as I say, and it's a well it is a well known
0: horror film. Not I wouldn't say particularly to like just the general audience, but if you're a fan of horror films in general. Then Army of Darkness is one of the.
1: does have like a pretty big following. Yeah, and I I think we'll get into a little bit more of some of the background of our experiences with it later on. Um, But um, I did want to just put in a plug there. I do have the Scream Factory review copy of Army of Darkness, and it really is a beast. Um, You definitely want to get that. Uh, That's one that you really want on your shelf. Um, It's a three disc set. It's uh, got the original theatrical cut on one disc, it's got the director's cut on another disc, it's got the international version on uh, the third disc, and then also on the third disc um, you can find um, the TV cut as well, so... That's like four different times that you can actually watch the film and, you know, obviously there are subtle differences between them. Um, But not only that, they also include a bunch of different audio commentaries for each of those. Uh, Documentary. Uh. Documentaries, extended Mm -hmm. interview clips, just the whole nine yards. I mean, this thing is definitely a package that you really do want to get. There's some that, you know, obviously you know the really hardcore fans of the films that uh, screen factory release are are sometimes the ones that you might want to skip out on if you're not really a huge fan of the film but army of darkness collector's edition is definitely one that you don't want to miss out on so um, definitely go out and pick that up when it comes out obviously before we get into actually talking about uh, army of darkness we always have our little uh, diatribes about what we're drinking um, for the Blood and Black Rum podcast today. It's a doozy. Uh, yes. Um, thank Thanks, Martin, for uh, actually going out to the store today and picking up something new. He, he texted me uh, this afternoon and he said I've got a surprise for us uh, uh, for a drink and I asked him what it was and he refused to tell me um, so I knew <laughs> that it had to be probably something terrible because when he doesn't tell me it's probably it's generally something bad. Like he'll bring a bush or you know probably a steel reserve or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, today, instead of any of those like really ch- cheap shitty beers, he brought an expensive shitty beer. So. Um, it actually was cheaper than I thought it would be. Oh, really? Was it? Yeah, it was 8 96 oh, for the six-pack. Well, that's not that bad then. But um, we are drinking the new Guinness Nitro IPA. And I'll, I'll let Martin take it away because he's the brainchild behind getting this. So. Um, well, I got it because when I was at Walmart today, plug for Walmart,
0: uh, when I was at Walmart... Do they need one? <laughs> A plug? I don't... <laughs> they, do, they do. Apparently, they're world's, hurting. World's biggest <laughs> corporation needs plugs, but... But anywho I was just walking down the food aisles and I was in the beer section and I noticed that they had it stuck out to me cuz the case is pr- like a pretty pearly white case and it's got this nice text text on
1: it saying Nitro IPA by Guinness. Yeah, it's like a very condensed package. No, yeah. It's, it's not like a big bulky no, like six pack. No, or it's
0: it's more like kind of like a Like a
1: dogfish head or something like that. Like something like that looks looks like
0: classy and like like from a high end craft. Yeah. And Guinness, for the past couple of years, has been straying far and farther and farther from what they do right, which is just make a halfway decent stout. Yeah, and and even
1: that has kind of like gone downhill. It's deteriorated. You definitely want to get the, um, if you're going to go for a Guinness stout. It's the, which foreign, one is foreign, the foreign,
0: foreign extra. Foreign but,
1: I always forget which one it is. It's that, the foreign extra. But that's kind of a hard,
0: especially around here, it's a hard find. hard get to
1: find, and then it's expensive on top of it. Yeah, but,
0: anywho, I got it because, one, anytime I've tried a Guinness beer that is different from their standard, it's always terrible. That when they came out with the black lager, it was about when we both turned 21, is one of the first beers I bought, and I tried it. I'm like, oh, you know, I like Guinness. This this might be good, and I was I tried it. I'm like, this is terrible. This is this is awful. It's putrid. Did it turn you off from drinking beer? No, no, no. 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 I just went to try something different. <laughs> but and also over the years, they've had other things that have come out recently. Last year, the American Blondale came out, and that was god awful. Tasted skunky and just raggedy like piss water. Yep. Not a good offer. Their fire stout, which was, came, uh, came out last year, was supposed to be like kind of like a smokier version of their traditional stout.
1: Taste- I don't think I had that. One.
0: You know, you didn't. No, but that just tasted like Guinness Light. Like they should just called it Guinness Light. Um, and uh, their generous ale we've mentioned before. Their kind of Christmas seasonal winter warmer tasted like nothing.
1: Generously water.
0: Yeah. So, really outside, for me, anything outside of just a plain Guinness on tap, because if it's in a can or in a bottle, it's just nowhere near as good, or they're for an extra, and sometimes their extra stout is pretty good. Yeah,
1: the extra stout's pretty good, too.
0: Everything else is bad. Even Harp. I don't like Harp at all, either, and Smithix, I don't really care
1: for. I like Smithix. But, the Nitro IPA...
0: It's this, an no, abomination.
1: What they're saying is this is the Brewer's project. So this is like uh something experimental that they're trying they they're like trying to come out with something that's basically akin to what a craft brewery would do. Well, I think I think it's
0: supposed to mimic the Blondale cuz that when they Came out with the American Blondale last year. They they touted it as like a new beer and a new series of like our new offers. We're gonna try to expand our yeah. styles.
1: Well, see, th- their initiatives are kind of weird because like they don't mesh together. Like this doesn't. You know, how they have like certain certain series and different crapperies, like they mesh together, they're kind of advertised together, they have the same kind of packaging. Well, Guinness is kinda of all over the place. They're really not doing the same thing at all. And honestly, I did not know that this was even coming out. No, I, had neither no idea. Did
0: I neither did not. You know, I. Like so, I said, if I I just saw and like I said, stuck out like a sore thumb because it's this bright white package. Yeah. It looks nice. Yeah. It does. I love the can design. The can yeah. looks beautiful, but
1: you know, and I, it tells it tells you the exact hops that are in here. It's but- it's really their attempt at branching out like a normal craft brewery would. Because I mean, Guinness really doesn't do anything besides, or well, they never used to do anything besides stouts. It's really what they were known for. That's all they do. They don't have an IPA because that doesn't make sense. They just do stouts. But now, you know, with the nitro IPA, they're trying to branch out a little bit into other territory, like. Uh, I get it. I get that they want to do certain things differently. But at the same time, there's never going to be a time where I'm going to be like, let's – I want a Guinness IPA or I want a Guinness Hefeweizen. It's just not going to – I I mean I don't want a Hefeweizen ever. But I mean I definitely don't want a Guinness Hefeweizen because what are the connotations of that? It's like – they're going to put know. the nitro yeah. widget in yeah. it. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, exactly. What Guinness has done with the nitro IPA is basically included a nitro widget in there. So it, it, it infused with nitrogen, basically. Just like they would do with any of their other cans. You're going to get a you – know, Well, they're tra- they're tra- their traditional the, – the, the
0: Regular stouts got the nitro widget. But they like do. The, but the foreign extra well, yeah, and the cool. extra, those are – Those are bottled. Yeah, regular carbonated.
1: So the nitro widget is supposed to give it like a creamier – Uh, Foamy uh, Feel to it And it's true it really does I mean it gives it a foamy creamy feel But who wants a creamy foamy IPA I've never really heard of someone that's like You know I want a whole head of foam on my IPA
0: It makes it taste absolutely Waterlogged and awful And every time We've opened one of these cans We're both on our second ones now Every time it's like exploded
1: yeah, it explodes. He's, Ryan first I thought... I thought you dropped it. I thought you <laughs> dropped the entire box, like, coming over or something. No, yeah,
0: and then three hours later, crack another one open. Yeah, they've been sitting. It's it's definitely... I would say if you're a fan of Guinness, or
1: you just want to try something new, try it, but I... It's, it really is like a cross between regular Guinness stout. In an IPA, it and it's it's work. just very weird. It's it, a very different. Like it, I I I honestly think that it's grown on me a little bit. Like now, it's kind of drinkable to me. Where at the beginning it was really like, what am I drinking? Like, uh, what is uh, this? It's it's it. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. grown on you too because at first you were like, how am I going to finish these? I, well, I spent t- almost ten dollars yeah. on it. That's how I'm going to finish yeah. it. I'm going to power yeah. it through it yeah.
0: unless it's a half of eyes and then no. <laughs> but. But yeah. yeah, if you're if you're if you're a Guinness fan or you're curious, I'd say try it. But otherwise, don't. Yeah, I I, I can kind of understand why they came out with one because IPAs are such a big market now yeah. in the craft brew, which to the point which is pissing me off because as Ryan was t- saying the other day to me that Saranac, one of the local breweries in New York, they have their winter pack out already, which one to me is absurd because it's pr- prime Oktoberfest se- season with the cold fall weather moving in. And they got their winter pack out and now with all the craft breweries only doing four beers a pack, two of the beers in their winter pack are fucking IPAs and it infuriates me because when I think not warming
1: up in the winter with a nice beer, I'm not thinking a West Coast style IPA and then a double IPA. Well, one is their traditional legacy IPA that they're putting in everything now, which is kind of disappointing because you don't want to see this. I mean, obviously everybody does do one that's always in their packs, but at the same time, I really don't like that. I don't like buying a pack and knowing that I'm going to get one that I always well, neither, have. Well, neither do I because like it's yeah. the same with the Sam's.
0: Like I love yeah. Boston Lager as much as the next person. I don't want a, they're one of the spots being taken yeah. by a Boston. Every time, yeah. Because there's, they've released like same thing with Saranac. They've released such great beers over the years. They're basically putting like getting rid of beers that could come back. Yeah. But it's being substituted with something else. Like I would love to have seen like their big moose uh, ale in there again, which well, yeah, have, like they haven't.
1: The, the Rudy's.
0: Yeah, or the Rudy's or their White Christmas. Yeah. Well, actually, not Sam's, but yeah. But. Um, their caramel porter. Yeah.
1: Something, something like that. Instead of bringing back whatever they've got, yeah, yeah. I, I know. But alas, that's the world of beer. That's just something we got to deal with, I guess. We're just disgruntled beer drinkers and well, getting you know. old and jaded. Yeah, I guess so. But
0: we're going to be moving on to just Paps, Jenny, and <laughs> Naren Gansett soon.
1: But uh, the Nitro IPA is. I don't know. I, I wouldn't buy it. Wouldn't buy it. I
0: mean, I wouldn't buy it again either. But like I, I said, I got it out of sheer curiosity. I think
1: it's worth pointing out that it does look really cool from the pictures I've seen when you pour it out. I mean, it looks like a really foamy IPA. I don't know. But it really doesn't have the hop in it. No, there's not at really. All. It says there's four hops in it. but five. It, you re, five. But you really can't tell that that's the case. I mean, it, it, it's... Mostly a very creamy stout rather than anything to do with an i p a um so i you know and you know I think it's pretty i think it's pretty interesting too that uh it it says on the can it was created with passion by Louise Ortega, which really to me sounds pretty Irish I- <laughs> <laughs> Louise Ortega. <laughs> If you do happen to stumble upon this, it's not your fault, man.
0: Well, you were trying. I love. The, well, I love their uh, Guinness uh, brewmaster's name, because the, their brewmaster's name is Fergal Murray, and it's, that's <laughs> like the most Irish-sounding name ever. And the way he explains, on their website, he, he has a video that explains how to properly pour a Guinness and how to properly drink one. You don't look at the Guinness, that's bad manners. You keep your arm at a 90-degree angle, and you look towards the horizon. It's, it's beautiful. If you don't right. drink your Guinness that way, you're doing it wrong.
1: He'll tell you. Fergal will tell you. I guess we should move on to Army of Darkness now. We yeah, spent a good 15 minutes talking about a good, beer. Good, good rant. Good rant about Guinness <laughs> and beer and the nature of it. And, you know, I think that probably... I wish that I could include, like, on iTunes, like, a little skip forward for people who really don't care. Because I can, I can definitely see some people... Getting fed up with our rants and and actually, it looks like Martin just opened another one of those nitro IPAs. And it just what did it explode all over again? A little, yeah. Yes, yeah, I don't get it. It's the nitro in there. They've really packed that thing with it. But anyway, getting to Army of Darkness now. As we all know, it is the third in the arm in the uh, Evil Dead series. It is. Um, I think sometimes more heralded by cult fans than like Evil Dead Two. I, you know, you generally hear probably, Evil would, Dead Army of Darkness. I would probably say it's out of probably
0: both out of all three movies. It's probably got the the most cult following. But cause, yeah, because it's one. Of them, it's very quotable. It's got it is, that. Yeah, it's one of those movies that is very quotable.
1: Well, I know that. Growing up, my dad had a uh, a video store, and there was a guy that used to work there. His name was Lee, and my dad would would tell me all the time because later when I was like – I can't even remember how old. I was like 10 or 11. I I started to get into like Army of Darkness. I, I rented it one time. I loved it. I, you know, I, I loved watching it, and he would tell me all the time, you know, Lee's a huge fan of this. Lee's a huge fan of Army of Darkness. I guess he would come in and just consistently rent it like <laughs> – again and again it would just be like rented out to lee all the time just like he'd rent it and this was on vhs um so i just remember from my childhood you know knowing this guy who was just like a huge army of darkness fan um so you know from childhood it's really been a film that's been a part of my life i think i i um I yeah, obviously I had it on V or well we saw it on VHS when I was younger, um, and then I ripped it one time to, to DVD and I had it on DVD for a while just ripped and burned and you know I watched it over and over again along with like uh, Return of the Living Dead Part Two, those <laughs> are like two of the ones that I just would watch over and over again. Um, so I've always been a huge fan of Army of Darkness. I don't know about you. I don't know when you first saw it. Um. I, pro- I probably
0: saw it. I've only seen it a few times. Um, definitely, only caught ever on TV. I never rented it because oh, I, nev- okay. I, I never rented horror movies as a kid um, from v- the video store. If I ever did watch a horror movie from the video store, it'd be something my parents got or like my older sister would rent, and that yeah. would be like more kind of your traditional '90s, late '90s fare of like you know the screams. and the- Wilder.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, there is a Van Wilder is a horror movie, but, yeah. um, but like the screams and I know what you did last summer and yeah, uh, the remake of House on Haunted Hill, like that's like uh, what I would see for horror movies. But Army of Darkness, I didn't ever rent. It's just something I like caught a few times on TV. Yeah, the few times back then that they did play it on TV. It's something that you don't ever really see getting aired on
1: TV today. Not really, but, when they again, do, like we talked about with, like, Tremors, I remember it on AMC a lot. They used yeah. to show that a lot.
0: Yeah, now it's like when they do, like, their Halloween series or, like, anything like that. You don't see ever the evil de- any of the Evil Dead movies on TV. It's, like, no, totally, no. it's totally, like, a forgotten series. Not, uh, not in the horror genre, but, like, as, like, being aired on TV. It's, um but I just remember like always like liking it like like you said it's terribly quotable. Bruce Campbell is hilarious and very memorable in it because as you said when you were watching it, it's basically the Bruce Campbell show when he's in the movie. It's it's yes, there are other
1: characters there, but for a good chunk of <laughs> for, the movie, I, like I said, I think I said seventy minutes, but I, I think that's a little bit of an exaggeration. But I would say I think he's probably in it f- just himself for. I don't know like 55 minutes or something yeah. like that because I know the last army battle does take quite a bit of the running time I mean it's basically just them fighting
0: the La- last third of the film yeah, yeah the last
1: you know act of the film but I would say that he's in it for like 55 minutes and, and it's you know it's not just him as Ash it's you know it's him as um, you know himself his like mini counterparts and as the bad like ass, the bad yeah. Ash um, so you know, it's not just him playing Ash, it's him all over the place. So, it really is the Bruce Campbell show, I think it. You know, it's it's Army of Darkness so, uh colon, Bruce Campbell. <laughs> or or Bruce Campbell in Army Yeah, of Dar- yeah. Or, yeah, you know, he should have his his own moniker on it. I like I said when
0: we were watching, I think Sam Raimi was like, "All right, we got to do another uh Evil Dead movie, Bruce." Uh, this time it's not gonna be like the other two. It's gonna be a campy Three Stooges affair.
1: you come back and do it. It's you're gonna get to be able to show your range as an actor. Yeah, I, I yeah, you're gonna get to show your range and and you're gonna be all three of the Stooges. Basically, you're gonna be you know you're gonna be the one taking Mo- the beatings. You're gonna be the one giving the beatings. You're gonna <laughs> You know, you're going to be the one fucking the chick. I don't know if that happened in the Three Stooges or not. I didn't really watch it, but I'm assuming. Um, But, well, let's start out with... um, When you saw Army of Darkness for the first time, had you seen the other two evil deads? No, no.
0: Actually, I never... I didn't get... I did not see the other two evil deads till college.
1: Yeah, I would say that's the same with me. I don't think I... I think I saw Army of Darkness first... And then I saw the original Evil Dead, and then I saw Evil Dead 2. So I did them kind of like in in mixed order. I,
0: I did it in completely basically yeah, complete reverse. Then.
1: I did I did Evil I did Army of Darkness, then Evil Dead 2, and then the Evil Dead. So which one do you think that you prefer out of all three?
0: I'd probably say Army of Darkness. Yeah, you think so? Um and I would probably rate them in the way that I watched them too. It'd probably be Army of Darkness, Evil Dead 2 and then the Evil Dead.
1: That's pretty. That's funny because I think I would say that I do. I mean, I love Army of Darkness, but I think I would say that I like the first one the most.
0: I mean, I appreciate the first Evil Dead yeah. for being the film that it is. It is a you know for the low budget, time it took to make, yeah, kind of grunginess of it. I like that. I admire that. Yeah, but I think I like the Army of Darkness the best because I do enjoy. J I as I said before, even though I said I said I don't typically enjoy campy films. Right. This is like a campy film done well, done right, and it's hilarious. And not only that like it's like non-st- nonstop action. It's like Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. It's well, we watched the director's cut, so it was an hour and a half of just like nonstop. Yeah. Things are going. There's no real slowdown to it, yeah. and that's what kind of makes the campiness and everything that happens in it more enjoyable because you you don't really have a time to breathe or think about things. It just goes, goes, goes. Um. And then with like the other two Evil Dead's, I think I like Evil Dead too because it basically
1: is the first film, but just done, done a little bit better. Yeah, done a little bit yeah, better. They had they had that under their belt. Yeah, I, I can see that, but at the same time, I really like. The first one I, I when I watched it the first time I was like on my computer, I downloaded it, I was home alone it was dark I was you know I was sitting there at my computer and it really did you know I know a lot of people my wife being one of them really doesn't th- really thinks it's like goofy thinks like the whole thing is like really just goofy, but I actually found it pretty creepy I think the the
0: first one's definitely the scariest of yeah them all. yeah, it definitely takes more of a
1: hardcore
0: Serious, like yeah. kind of horror line to it. Like yeah, it's played, it does. it's played straight. I mean, there definitely the second,
1: is some, you know, a lot of you know comedy in it, in in inside like what it does. But at the same time, it's played much more straight. Yeah, the Whereas second one is, one is basically a remake, yeah, but it's done a lot, more, a lot yeah. more
0: campier and comedic. Like the horror, like you know the effects in it, like all like with the gore and all that stuff's taken up to like the next level to where it's kind of at that campy that campy level which fits perfectly with the late 80s of horror films as you know with like most of them being over the top campy like like at, at around the same time like you had some of those Jason movies coming out that you are kind of, like you know it's not horror
1: anymore it's kind of a parody yeah, of you know of itself yeah uh, you know another thing that really strikes me is that evil dead the first one you know it has bruce campbell but it's not the Bruce Campbell show. That's kind of where he's—he's he's actually kind of pared back a little bit. He's not ashed the same way that he's brazen in Army of Darkness. No, no, he's—you know—he's kind of more of like a reserved character, the the um, emerging hero. Whereas in Army of Darkness, this is just something that we've already expected from him. Coming from Evil Dead Two, it's just you know it's a um, not really even an evolution, but just kind of like the natural progression right, yeah. of how he's acting from two to Army of Darkness. Yeah, no, I
0: I agree because like in the first one he's more reserved. Second one he's going mad. He's going like you know yeah. crazy and psychotic. And by the Army of Darkness, he's stranger in a strange land, and he's got an ego about himself. Yep. Every you know he's got one liners for everything. But again, like I said, that's kind of the charm of the film because, like I said, they're very memorable quotes. Who doesn't know, this here's my boomstick, or shop smart, shop as smart.
1: Yeah. Those are, yeah, I mean, I those are good ones. Um, and I think that y- you're right, the film is peppered with them. Um, it's a big part of why it is so memorable. People remember... The lines, and then they remember the context of them. So I think that's a really, a really good thing from Sam and Ivan Raimi. They did a really good job, you know, pronouncing that part of uh, Bruce Campbell's character. Um, I think that's probably why it has had such a cult status for so long. Um, But at the same time, the whole thing is really kind of. Plotless, and it's funny to see that such a film has really been able to get past that. You know, I think they did a great job of making the viewer forget that there's really not a whole lot going on. <laughs> no, in it it, at all. You know, it's uh, very bare bones a, and simple. It, yeah, it's a really simple plot. You know, if you you know you thought that you know the Evil Dead had a simple plot or the Evil Dead Two has a simple plot because it's copying Evil Dead then Army of Darkness really has nothing. I mean you can literally say it in one sentence it's, you know Ash is transported back to medieval uh, Europe and he's got to fight off the undead the to get undead back again home. Uh, that's, that's it and that's basically the entire thing um, it's funny because it's basic it's just a, a slew of different action sequences stuck together and Bound by the glue that is he needs to, Ash needs to find the necronomicon that 's the only thing that's really binding all these different ideas together, so at the beginning, we have a very vague and um, I mean this is the director's cut, so it's there's going to be a little bit different from the, the you know the regular cuts which we'll talk
0: about when it comes to the end
1: yeah um, but in the beginning, there is you know just a little bit of a recap about the the previous films. And then uh, just Ash getting transported to medieval Europe, and that's that's it. That's our explanation. It, it happens because the film needs it to. Basically, that's that's because that's what. Wait, happens. Which so they
0: never really explain how the Necronomicon and the Evil Dead Two and in this is able to do that. Right. It's There's supposed no to be. The, it's supposed to be the book of the undead, not the book of time travel. Yeah. Yeah. Which and, which if, like which you like would be like kind of something that you would think about but at the same time cuz the movie is so at a neck uh neck, breakneck yeah breakneck uh breakneck pace you don't really think about it it's just okay so he's in the situation and i think that adds to it if this was like a 2 hour film you'd be like why the hell is he yeah. here
1: well yeah and the <laughs> regular the the original cut is only like 80 minutes so obviously it's just like i said those action sequences strung together quickly so you can you can take the trajectory point of the beginning of the film. Ash is teleported to medieval Europe. Uh, he fights deadites because the denizens there throw him into the the uh, pit. After that, he's told he has to go find the Necronomicon. So he goes to a windmill for no reason, basically. We don't really... You know, there's no reason. He just <coughs> needs to find a place to stay, basically. Um the the wise man just says
0: Necronomicon somewhere that way. Yeah,
1: go. So he gets to a windmill. There's more deadites that he fights. That break from uh, mirror. Um, then he fights himself, which once be- he's he's uh, uh kind of given a transformation mm. when he swallows his his own mini me, mm. basically. Uh, and then, which just leads him to a cemetery, which leads him to another right. fight. Right, it leads him to the cemetery where he's told the Necronomicon is, leads to another fight with skeletons, leads to another fight once he gets back from the Necronomicon, because he said the wrong thing. Uh, it leads to a massive battle between Evil Ash and his group of skeletons, and the army that, you know, he's been helping for the most part throughout the entire film, so... Mm-hmm. All of those things are really kind of strung together. There's no overarching plot to it. It's just kind of a thing that no character development. No, no, not really. You know, generally when you have a a movie, you have a a main character that
0: goes
1: goes through an arc. And in a way, I would say that Ash does. Uh, He's kind (laughs) of at the beginning. He doesn't want to help anyone. He's selfish. Uh, Then he, you know, he technically falls in love with sheila and um you know he feels bad for the army so he helps him but so that's kind of his growth and i guess you know that's in a rudimentary level uh the arc of the film is his growth from selfish bastard to someone who is less selfish less selfish but at the same time if we're looking at the original cut you can tell he's still kind of a selfish brazen by the end yeah (laughs) bastard <laughs> the same one that he used to be before the film in the uh the director's cut that we watched with the alternate ending that's less so i would say there's no you know he's not the same per- ash that he he started out as but that's also because of the context of the ending there's yeah. it's it's a bleaker ending than the the uh Original Theatrical cut, yeah. Regular cut. Um, So I think, you know, it's just interesting to take a look at Army of Darkness in that way to see that it really doesn't have any of the traditional qualities of film that one would think would be, you know, qualities that it needs to have to be good, you know, in the sense Mm -hmm. that a film is good or bad. Um, There's no... You know, there's no arc or anything like that that really gives it a purpose. It's just, it just I th- happens. I think if you, this was a film that had
0: probably any other actor, it'd be a great, greatly less enjoyable film. I think it's all tied together because Bruce Campbell is so damn good in it.
1: I think it's Bruce yeah. Campbell, and I think that it, uh, it is, and Sam, Sam and, and Raimi's Sam Raimi's direction, direction, and knowing what to do. I think that um, at this point in 1992, there probably already were people that were really interested in what Sam Raimi was doing with the Evil Dead franchise, um, and clearly in Army of Darkness, you do have those same direction directional. Um, what am I looking for here? The uh, the same stylistic things things yeah. that Sam Raimi does in the other two Evil Dead films the that, famous, that are, the famous camera you know foul yeah. chasing after and I, Ash, yeah that is, is is a big part of Army of Darkness. You have the very jittery camera mm-hmm. work during the action scenes that kind of give you know that that works in two two ways. It gives that action scene a lot more movement. But at the same time, it also masks some of the qualities of the special effects that obviously were not so well developed at that but time.
0: At the at the same time, which the film wasn't done on a big budget. No, not at all. I do think the effects are rather good for what what they did, were able to do. I think they're
1: damn impressive with like all of the the makeup effects well, yeah. in, in general are really good. I would say, yeah. you know, there's clearly, and this is. Obviously, budgetary uh, restrictions, technological restrictions of the time. You know, watching now, you can definitely see the green screen effects, and they're very clear to me now. Well, they watching yeah watching now well, yeah, but, but at,
0: th- at the same time, they're not they're not like they're not the level of when we were watching Vegas Vacation, which came out six years after this film. Yeah, it had yeah. a god awful green screen effect of Chevy Chase. On the Hoover Dam, swinging around like Tarzan, and you can clearly tell it was poorly done. Yeah, this, you, uh, the you know the green screen effects were inoffensive. You yeah, you can tell it's a green screen effect. Yeah, but at it, the same time, it's not distracting to you. No,
1: I mean you can see the the one this the effects that were happening in the background, the green screen, and you can see the people that were actually on the stage at the time. Mm-hmm. You can tell because there's two different color uh, tones tones to it. But at the same time, it's not—it's not, uh, it's not a, a thing that pulls the viewer out of the film. It's it just adds to the the comedy of it. Really, it's it's, um, it's I, I wouldn't say that it's bad, but it is obviously a budgetary uh, constraint and it's uh, I mean, technological it, it, it is, constraint. It is, it is basically a B movie. Yeah, exactly. It and is, I'm saying that you know, even though sometimes the viewer can tell the special effects really aren't. Awesome, that it's not important because they weren't really meant to be anyway. They're not really meant to be the best special effects. They're meant to kind of be funny, just like you know. Obviously, when some of the deadites are um, crushed, you hear like splats and so like or like comical bone crunching. Yeah, yeah. It's all of the all of that stuff is really just not meant to be particularly. Realistic, it's more, you know, it's more for comedy, it's exaggerated, uh, and it's played off that way. I think that's one of the most important distinctions that one can make about the film is that all of those things were really intentional, you know, even though the budgetary restrictions limited what they could do anyway. They played it off so that it really didn't matter. Yeah, I think that's. That's a really important thing when it comes to appreciating the film. Is that, you know, even if we're watching it now with all the technological stuff that we can do, with all the CGI, with all the, you know, the smoke and mirrors that you can do to make people, you know, um, doubled like Ash would be Mm. in the film with with Bad Ash. it doesn't matter for this one, because... Well, let me
0: ask you this. Would you rather, like, see the claymation that you saw in this film, like the skeletons, or would you rather see CGI skeletons? Oh, uh,
1: I would much rather see the Harry Harryhausen special effects that we get in this one. Yeah,
0: it, it and I agree. Yeah. I, I think, the pra- as we said before, the practical effect adds a lot more. So much more. So it, even though you can spot... Even if it's a bad practical effect and you can spot it, it's so much more appealing, because it's something... That your eye can tangibly see is something that's real, that's made of real objects, not just inserted there with the yeah computer technology.
1: Yeah, I I love that. You know, I love the practical effects, and I'd much rather see that. You know, I would definitely not want to see like Army of Darkness remade, and the, that the whole skeleton army is is a CGI. CGI skeleton army. It just wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't. You know it wouldn't work, and and that's kind of the same thing that happened with the remake of the Evil Dead. Is that you know people really ha- take offense to the CGI blood that can be added sometimes to films, and there was this whole thing that you know, nope, the Evil Dead remake doesn't have CGI blood, and then it came out, and there was a little bit of CGI blood, but you know that that to me is forgivable. I don't really care about the CGI blood so much. Well, to me, just lazy. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, like with well, the new,
0: like as we. It was getting a little off topic, but when Romero came out with Survival of the Dead and, like, all the effects just about were CGI and, you know, CGI blood. I know that film was made on a next-to-nothing budget, but for fuck's sake, can nobody go out to the store, buy some corn syrup and red dye and make a blood effect? Yeah. Like, the CGI blood, especially in that film, looks terrible. Just do it the old-fashioned way. Yeah.
1: I. Uh, you know, I...
0: I mean, because I, I can understand, I understand why they're forced to sometimes do that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, but at the same time, it's very
1: glaring and like when you, and annoying. Yeah, I I agree. I uh, yeah, I CGI is really a sticking point for for everybody, and and I know that my dad, <laughs> he doesn't want to see a film with CGI in it. Basically, that's the, he's made that known. He's like, well. You know, I, I really don't like any of that stupid special effects crap in my films. So that's what he always says. Well, I mean,
0: it. Do, I mean, like, like it, like it, because like it, it, do, it does detract, For me, it detracts from the film. Like, if I was given the option, which with Disney, I'm hoping they, I think they are planning on, if they're going to re-release the Star Wars films, the original cuts without Lucas's meddling and CGI effects, I would buy those in my old DVDs. I would throw in the garbage because. I'd much rather watch the original versions of like Jabba the Hutt as an actual puppet instead of him being CGI or this extra other CGI crap added to the scenes that didn't need to be there. Yeah. I mean, I know you don't really understand that because you haven't seen the Star Wars films, but that's like one one of the big films for me that's kind of shaped my opinion on CGI is how years after year after year Lucas would remaster each Star Wars film, adding more CGI effects and changing other shit. And changing practical effects to CGI because
1: he thought it looked better and would add more to the film. Yeah. And I totally disagree with that. Alright. Ready? I'm gonna crack open a can here. You can hear how how, uh, foamy this Guinness (laughs) IPA is. And this hasn't been shaken up or anything. This is just regular. a regular beer. It's been sitting on the table. (laughs) And still it's foaming over. That was just a little interlude here. So, um, to get back to Army of Darkness, really, um, what did you think, because I, I, I will admit I've never seen the Director's Cut before. Have you seen the Director's Cut before? Have you seen that one before? I've seen, seen, the, end, I've seen the ending to seen it before. have seen the alternate ending? I've seen
0: before. the alternate ending before, but, it's I ha- like I said, for the most part, I've only ever seen it on TV, so right. I've never, you know... If you asked me to spot all the differences between this and the theatrical, I wouldn't be able to, except, like, really the ending. Because the ending is like, the really big change in the film.
1: Yeah, it's that is a huge change for the film. I... I prefer the original Army of Darkness ending. I prefer the one where, you know, Ash goes back, he's in s and, you know, he's basically the same old Ash again. Um, the director's cut for this one that we just watched was basically ash uh drinks some drops of uh, a liquid that he's given during um after the the battle is over and he accidentally drinks one too many drops and sleeps for too long uh basically like a a rumpelstiltskin no not a rumpelstiltskin a uh who am i thinking of here oh it reminds uh, me it reminds me
0: of the angry beavers episode when they try staying up as long as they can and they end up like staying up for like two thousand years, and they like poke Norbert and uh, Daggett poke their heads out. They're like, "How long have we been asleep?" That's what it reminds me of. But yeah, I, uh, I do. You know why they like uh, they switched the ending? I don't know. Because originally the, that the, the director's cut was supposed to be the original ending, but it tested poorly, so they made them come up with it, uh Do a, re- a new ending. They didn't want to. The production company said you can't have a downbeat or anything like that. People are fucking don't
1: like this at all. Oh, well, I mean, it makes sense. It it was really um, bleak in a way that the film wasn't for the most part. I mean, if you take a look at what happens in Army of Darkness, um, Ash uh, saves Sheila, and then she becomes a woman again rather than the evil Sheila that she is. Throughout the final act of the film, so that's not really a bleak uh, conclusion to that storyline. Uh, everybody wins over the Deadites. The you know the um, armies get together and they kind mm. of join into one, and they're now they're friends instead of the Animals, fighting that they've yeah. been doing previously. None of those things are really bleak or bad. And so the ending of the film kind of feels... Of the director's cut kind of feels out of nowhere because we haven't really seen anything like that before. But at the
0: same time... See, this is where I'll disagree with you with. It's... Yes, it is bleak and kind of doesn't fit with the tone of the film, but it fits with Ash's character because he's a bumbling idiot throughout the entire film. Where in the scene when he's supposed to chant the three magical words to the Necronomicon which are the three famous words from The Day the Earth Stood Still, and he completely botches it, like, him taking an extra drop totally makes sense and him getting in that predicament because he's the bumbling idiot. Like, yeah, he's the hero, but he's an idiot. And they make that clear throughout the film, especially through the slapstick situations that he gets into and the fight with the uh, mini-ashes. He's constantly smacking his head and, you know, burning himself totally fits his character for him to happen. So yes, it is bleak, it doesn't yeah. fit with the tone, but it fits with his character of him yeah. getting into a, another mess, another situation, which I think is actually a nice thing because definitely would have opened the doors for a cool Evil Dead 4 like like you said cuz he ends up in the future and it's the world's totally destroyed, like it's post-apocalyptic. Yeah.
1: Would have been cool like Well, it would have been cool like Evil Dead 4, Ash goes to Thunderdome. It would have been <laughs> and I think they've they kind of uh Foreshadowed that in Army of Darkness because we do see his car kind of made up into uh, a killing machine of you know Mad Max proportions. Yeah. Um So I think you know that would have been really interesting if we did get something like that. Um, but who knows? We got Ash versus uh, Evil Dead, Evil Ugh. Ash versus Evil Dead coming up. So who knows what they're going to do with that? I really, mm. you know, I, I really don't know what they're going to do with that. They could do so much stuff, you know branch off of what Army of Darkness's director's cut had. They could, you know, everything. I think
0: think more from from getting off topic a little bit again, but uh, from what the trailer shows the show, I think it's more going to be kind of based off the theatrical cut version where it's him and just living his life, still working at S-Smart. Yeah. And just, oh, the Necronomicon's back, here's some wacky shit we're gonna get involved into. Yeah. Which isn't bad, because, to be honest with you, I do like both endings. I think they both could have worked, because the theatrical version 1, too, is very memorable. He gets back to SMR, it's like an ordinary day, then evil attacks, busts out a gun, shoots it, kisses the girl, says, hail to the king, baby. And, you
1: know, Uh, sets up Bubba Hotep. (laughs) The original uh, ending always reminds me kind of like of a of a choreographed dance because it is so like choreographed it's ho- it's that- hokey too yeah. and
0: it's like but at the same time mean, it's hilarious yeah. like it is it is like a that fits with the tone and Ash's character of the film like of him yeah he wins at the day he gets the girl he's being cocky
1: yeah uh you know i i like i like both endings i think i prefer the original ending you know maybe that's just nostalgia talking but I, I think I prefer the original ending over over the director's cut. Um, but I do get what you're saying, that it does make sense for him to be a bumbling idiot and take too many drops again. Because um, so. you,
0: clear, you clearly see him go like – because he's supposed to take six drops. He goes four, five. Then he hears some of the rocks ru- uh, moving around. He looks around and he goes five, six.
1: <laughs> yep. So how do you feel about uh Ash as sort of a, a womanizing character? do you think that's you know we're getting to a point in um pop culture now and um you know other f- you know films and television where uh feminism is a huge part of how movies are are taken and and you know the the points that they make um i think we we recently saw some outrage at uh the goosebumps movie um because of the way that it portrays the the male hero character, um, and you, I know you haven't seen it. I've seen it. Is he chauvinistic? No, no, not chauvinistic. <laughs> um, it's more the way that it fits into the archetype that a man has to uh, save a woman, and that happens multiple times in Goosebumps. and And I understand. I know a lot of people are saying, you know, it's a kids movie. You know, it. It has those kind of fairy tale archetypes that stuff like Disney has. But at the same time, I understand where people are coming from, seeing as there were multiple times where Goosebumps really didn't have to rely on those ideas of a man saves a woman, um, yet they did multiple times in the film. Um, so, you know, looking back at something like Army of Darkness, clearly Ash is kind of a womanizing character. He, he, Expressly refers to pillow talk at one time uh, instead when, of uh, actually when, when she's real mentioning love. About,
0: yeah when she's mentioning the sweet things that he says and because she's trying to convince him that he cares about her he's like no nah, that's just pillow talk I just said that to, you know sleep with you
1: so uh, I mean in th- is that do you find misogynistic no and I'll explain why
0: it has more there's something you gotta look at the film within context of the time period it was made in. Right. Like, I mean, is it does come off, yes, as, like, slightly misogynistic, but that's his character. He's, he's a bumbling idiot, he's an asshole, he's full of himself. And not only that, the film takes place in the 1300s, 14th century. Yep. Women during that time, gender roles during that time period are v- very strict. Yeah. What a woman can do is very limited. Yeah. So it's, to expect her to be like a knight going into battle with him to fight the Necronomicon and Bad Ash and the Dead Deadites, it, it wouldn't make for a good film. It could, but I mean, does it fit the time period? No. I mean, it's it's a tricky issue. I mean, there's some films that you can kind you can see clearly if they're trying to go in a more political sense. Sam Raimi in this clearly is not trying to be political about yeah right any of it so i it, like it, it all depends i think I, th- I think sometimes people are digging a little too much into yes. the it's like
1: it's definitely it's the
0: when people were getting mad because there hasn't been a black james bond yet yep it's would it be a nice thing yeah okay but if you want like you know how a lot of people now like when it comes to adaptations of novels in the film, like they want it to be more real to the book. Mm-hmm. If they want, you know, Bond to be more real to the book, he would be a white British male who is a chain-smoking alcoholic who, you know, beats women. Yep. And would people really want that these days? No. Why is Bond not smoking in the new films? Because Daniel Craig says smoking's a bad habit. And... Ta-da. So... I mean, I, I like it all. Like, it all depends. It all depends on how the film kind of portrays a certain topic like that. If I don't think "Army of Darkness" portrays the man saving the woman to be in a way that neg- would negatively impact somebody's view on gender roles. It's because again. He's just the bumbling idiot. Like, it's not like Ash is a very redeeming character in this film to begin with. Right. So it's not like, yeah, he's quotable, and, like, you think, oh, he's a badass, but he's got a shotgun and a chainsaw. That kind of speaks to the 18 to 32, 18 to 32 male demographic, you know. Of-
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and and also, I mean, they, and this is kind of, it doesn't really fit super well, but, I mean, they do, in imp- Empower Sheila a little bit. I mean, she becomes evil. Sheila. It's not. It's not really empowering women. It's empowering her. And she ignores she's like, badass. She like, but,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, she too. Like, you could. You know, this is like digging way too. You know. Yeah. Deep into it, but she ignores like badass and bash. Like, you're gonna be my queen. and I'll rule over. And yeah. she's like, Oh, what are you talking? Yeah, I don't. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. So I mean, like I said, it all. De- it all depends on how like the film portrays it. And what you know what it means because you, anything you can look into the context of way too deep and
1: yeah well it's interesting to see how Ash got that way too because we take a look at Evil Dead One he's really not that way at all he's more he's definitely um, you know a monogamist he's he's there <laughs> with one girl and that's it there's no
0: nothing in Evil yeah. Dead Two because he's, it's just basically him.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no. I, I don't know really where that came in. I think into it's more. For, I
0: think it's just more for comedies. So. Yeah,
1: I think it is. because it's
0: because it's, it's, it's all an exaggeration. Like everything he does is an exaggeration, which is the basis of comedy. So I think his his character shift is just more. It's more for comedic purposes because the film is camp. But you can't have Ash being straight in it because it wouldn't work as well. Right. I mean, you'd have. Unless everything around him was exaggerated, if everyone's playing straight, you know, in the film that's supposed to be kind of uh, over the top B B movie, it's not going to work. So you you have the medieval armies and the de- well, the deadites aren't really sh- playing it straight, but the me- medieval armies, you know, playing it straight. It's mm-hmm. their time. It's their lives and Ash is the fish out of water, he's acting strange, he has to act exaggerated for the film to work. If he's playing it straight like that, I'm like, well, I don't know, what am I going to do? Like, what are we going to do? It wouldn't be not, It wouldn't be entertaining at all. It would be boring as hell.
1: Yeah. Well, the reason I brought it up is because Dynamite Comics recently has been releasing this uh, this comic series called Vampirella slash Army of Darkness. It's a crossover between Vampirella, who's Dynamite's kind of, like, go-to character... Um, buxom, uh, uh, you know, huge boobs ba- uh, girl that they've they've kind of pretty much put into like every different situation, every different crossover comic imaginable. Um, now they've, you know, they've got a Vampirella Army of Darkness crossover. And uh, in that uh, comic, I've read the first two issues, Ash is written really as a real asshole. I mean, he's even more of a... a caricature of what he is in Army of Darkness the film um, and really I reading those two issues I kind of took offense to how they were portraying Ash not because of you know like any offense of uh, feminism but uh, not just that but also because I didn't really think they were doing justice to his character from the film I don't really mm-hmm. think the way they wrote him was accurate uh, yeah, he, of a representation to what he is in the film and so I brought that up just because I wanted to see what you had to say about you know the film itself because if you take a look at Vampirella Army of Darkness, that crossover there's definitely even more of that misogynistic side to Ash in that comic so I just thought it was interesting how they how they kind of got that because it really doesn't show up in the other Evil Dead movies. So no. so it, it's really just for this this film alone, the third the third one. And I'll be interested to see how they're going to do it with Ash vs. Evil Dead. I, ama- I imagine he'll you think pro- it's going to be more of a comedic.
0: I think he'll be more like Army of Darkness. From, mm-hmm. the, from what I've seen the trailer, it seemed like he's you know it's more comedic. Yeah. Like there's a scene where he got done killing somebody. He's like, there we buried them. They're okay. And the one girl next to him was like. Cause he puts down a cross, and she's like, "You know they're Jewish, right?" And he's like, "No, oh, shit." <laughs> yeah, you know. So I think, and I think in this, I think that's going to be the appeal of the series. Because again, his character—I think people remember his character because of Army of Darkness. Yeah. If there wasn't an, an Army of Darkness,
1: yeah,
0: Ash would be kind of a footnote of. Characters in the horror genre, right? Because yeah. he's like you said in the first film, he is more reserved. He's bland. He's basically kind of bland. He's yeah, like, there's uh, nothing to really make him stand out. And then in the second film, yeah, he's going. He, he's more. I'm trying. I don't really know the words to like say. like he's more emotional and stuff. But it's because he's going. He's psychotic. He's going through the battling with the Necronomicon. It's not really his personality. It's what's happening to him. In the third, in Army of Darkness, it's basically, all right, here's a new personality. Like, he's given a new personality. Yeah. And I think that's what's that's what's made... That's,
1: what's made, that's what makes him stand out yeah. so so often as a horror icon. Yeah, I see mm-hmm. what you're saying. All right, so we've got a few more minutes left because um, we're running up to the hour mark. Um, and what I wanted to ask you is, you know, we have Ash in... Uh, you know, the the medieval European uh, timeline. If there was another Army of Darkness style film to be made into, like, Evil Dead 4, what kind of environment would you like to see him in next?
0: Well, I, I think if they went with the future setting. That well, would... right.
1: We, we talked about that, the future setting, but um, discounting that, discounting, like, the, the director's ending, um, where else would you want to see him? <laughs> I don't really know where you could put them. There's always space. <laughs> Many an iconic character has been to space. Well, Jason, Leprechaun. James Bond. They've all been well, to space. Well, le- Leprechaun's been to the Hood, too. <laughs> he, twice. Twice. Oh, oh, wow, twice? Back to the Hood. Oh, wow. So,
0: um... um I, I don't know. I One that kind of would seem kind of funny to me... Would be if he, like, somehow wound up in, like, with dinosaurs or some shit, but at the same time, like...
1: Deadites and dinosaurs?
0: Yeah, he'd be screw- totally screwed, so it wouldn't really work. He'd have to have, like...
1: Well, it- I mean, just like in medieval Europe, he'd probably have his chainsaw and his boomstick.
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, still, like, there's not enough
1: interaction to really kind of go off of it. I mean, I... Th- Maybe a Wild West setting would be kind of cool. I mean, we've already kind of... S- yeah, I mean, Army of Darkness... Kind of has that wild west setting because I, it does know, not look
0: like uh, medi- me- medieval yeah. England at all. It looks like it was shot in a spaghetti western. You would uh, think
1: that medieval England would well. I mean, I guess this would be. A, I, I I would say it's an alternative timeline. But it, but
0: it would well. England no, is not that de- desert. right? right. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. There's no, nothing to to say that it's an alternative timeline. Um, but yeah, you would think it would look a little bit more lush. I would, yeah, I would say a little greener,
0: but. But no I think I think maybe the Wild West would be kind of like that would
1: be interesting because then he'd have his boomstick, but everybody else would be a quick draw as well, yeah, so there would be definitely some you know crossover between that i I think a western with ash would you know it could work it could work, you know, I would also uh, I kind of want to see him in an updated version. Of just like the haunted house cabin theme that he he had been in, you know, uh, a 21st century updated version of it, uh, new technology. He, he
0: stumbles into the cabin in the woods.
1: Basically, yeah, I think that would be fun as well. You know, just something, you know, and, and instead of playing it straighter like Evil Dead did, they would, you know, Don't play it more. With more comedy. Uh, and and that might be what Ash versus Evil Dead is really striving to do too. So. Um, I think that would that I think it, I'm really excited for that basically. You know, I, I at first I was really hesitant about an Ash vs. Evil Dead series, especially because they were saying it was gonna be more like a, a play on Army of Darkness, and I really didn't think that there's much room with Army of Darkness to create a whole series on it. You know what I mean? There's not
0: Like I, like I said, I think it's more gonna be the tone. It, yeah, it's, yeah it's gonna be more the tone more...
1: of Army of Darkness, but with new things with Deadites. Yeah. I think that sounds great. Um, yeah, like I said, I did not want to see something like Army of Darkness made into a series because there's not a whole lot of room for that to run. To him
0: be stuck in the... Y- yeah, yeah, exactly. And-
1: there's not a whole... Yeah, what do you do with that? You know? There's not... That
0: or if they went with a different direction like where every couple... like Maybe have like... Every season, like, a few episodes would be, like, an arc. So, like, a three, like three episodes per arc, like, in him time-jumping. Yeah. That, like, wouldn't work. Like I said, I don't think that would work as well either because we just had a hard time trying to think of what kind of setting you yeah, could throw him into. You yeah. would be running out of ideas pretty yeah. quick if you...
1: Yeah, what are you going to... Yeah, I mean, like, you're going to go with, like, the French Renaissance period and stuff? Like, <laughs> how fun would that mm. be? I, I don't know. Um, you know, I just thought of another one that I would like to see because I'm a huge sucker for, like, uh, underwater films like, um, you know, Deep Star 6, stuff like that. I think it'd be pretty cool if we saw him underwater in, a, in like, a submarine. I think, I don't know how they would do C-Lab that. Sea Lab 2021 yeah. with Ash? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that'd be pretty fun, too. Um, so, out of, uh, ten boomsticks, what do you give Army of Darkness? Eight and a half boomsticks. Eight sticks. and a half boomsticks. Nice, nice. Yeah, I would say that's that's about where I sit on it as well. Uh I don't want to sit on boomstick, but well. <laughs> <laughs> Um but yeah, I would say that's pre- that's pretty much accurate for for where I would rate it as well. Um you know, it's it's not a perfect movie by far, but it definitely has a lot of great ideas and
0: It's very enjoyable. And and if especially for watching the theatrical version, it's a quick watch. Oh yeah. It's um just it's so n- the pacing is so fast in it. You yeah. will, it's not a film that you'll that be is, sitting there looking at your watch like, yeah. is this going to be over That is too? what I'll
1: say about that That theatrical cut, the TV version, even the international version. Um, all of those are really pretty quick watches, whereas the director's cut does tend to in – in, I can't even really pick out a specific instance where it drags on more, but there's just a, like subtle additional scenes that do – just make it draw out a little bit longer than it needs to be at an hour and 36 minutes it's just a hmm. little bit longer you know it's, it's a you know it just crosses over that mark just a tad bit but other than that yeah it's a really quick watch a lot of action like i said there's no you conf- know like confusing or complicated plot it's basically ashes here and we didn't really like- gotta get there
0: I was say, we didn't really talk about but the, the side characters are not memorable really at all. Mm-mm. You don't, there, very few of them you get introduced to.
1: Who cares? Henry the Red? Yeah. Who cares? It's, He's it's, a guy. It's, they're, they're more
0: just kind of there to serve a purpose. Yeah. And again, it's basically the Bruce Campbell show, and he does a great job in it. And it's probably the film that's going to define him for yeah. his entire career. Who doesn't want to see Bruce Campbell? Like I said before, uh, the Evil Dead remake was all made worthwhile because he shows up at the end of the credits and says groovy. <laughs> yeah. and, if, and if you don't have him saying that, do you have Earthworm Jim running around saying groovy? <laughs> Probably not.
1: <laughs> well, we're going to close out Army of Darkness... Um, I still have a lot of work to do on Army of Darkness. I still got to watch all the special features for Scream Factory because I will be reviewing it for the MoonIsDeadWell.net as well. It's definitely worth that much time to sit down, take a look at all the the, the things that are that are on the discs, and then to write about it. Uh, so I invite you to check out my particular review of that when it goes up, probably sometime. Be a lot more eloquent, probably. <laughs> yes. I have when I haven't been drinking, most likely. Um, so that'll go up, I would say probably in the next two weeks. Because I really, you know, it, Halloween—it's very difficult right now for me to get to the review copies because we got Halloween 15 going on. It's a very busy time. Um, but uh, we will be back. I think probably within a—I don't know, a week or two, maybe. I don't know when our schedule looks like, but uh, we we will be back. I don't know if we'll be doing a Halloween movie. Well, no, we won't be doing a Halloween movie next time on the, you know, maybe if we we'll, get to we'll it next
0: do, week. We'll be doing a horror film. We
1: probably will be doing a horror film. Um, we do have, you know, I've got a lot of stuff on, on my, uh, to-do list, so we've got all of those ideas, but we are also looking for anything that you really want to see. Uh, so as we've been asking before, you can drop us an email at blood and podcast at gmail.com, um. Definitely head over to our SoundCloud site, soundcloud.com slash podcast. You can follow us there. Um, that way you get alerted to any of our new podcast episodes. Um, definitely like this one and share it and you'll see more of it because we'll be uh, even more in, uh, interested in doing more of them. Uh, you can head over to our iTunes uh, account because – that's where we really get all of our subscriptions and we'd love it if you would subscribe over there uh, get you know post a review post a star rating um, because that's really where a lot of subscribers come from and we just we'd like to see more of that um, so if you could you could do that just search for us blood and black rum podcast we also have a Facebook page now facebook.com/ slash blood and black Rum podcast um, so give us a like over there and you'll get all the updates because I post on that a bunch of times. Telling people, please, please, please listen to us. Please listen to our podcast. <laughs> you know, spend an hour and, you know, whatever, however long it takes to watch the movie to post this. So it does take a little <laughs> while and we're hoping people are listening to us. And, um, you know, any suggestions, please drop us a line because we're, we're definitely open to them. Um, and if you have any beer recommendations or drink recommendations, we'll take those as well because we're always looking for something new. So. Um,
0: hopefully, better than the Nitro IPA. Yeah.
1: Nitro IPA. Check it out or don't. You won't be missing much. <laughs> um, so, with that, uh, we're going to close this out. And uh, we hope you'll come back for more Blood and Black Rum podcast um, because it is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and we enjoy doing it. So, uh, we have fun even if you don't when you're listening. Sorry. Sorry if you're not having fun. You should have tuned out like an hour ago. But, but uh well, that, as, as I say, that
0: kinda goes back to the feminist thing in a bit. If you know, if you find it
1: offensive, then I guess turn it off. That's kinda what I out. It's kinda what I do. Well, if you found us offensive, turn it off. Um, other than that, uh, happy Halloween if we don't come back before the thirty first. Um, and I hope you enjoy whatever you're doing, trick or treating, scaring little kids. I know I will be. And uh, any haunted houses in the area, um, hopefully you get a lot of scares from that. So thanks for listening. Happy Halloween. And we'll be back next time with another episode of Blood and Run Podcast.